6. It's wonderful to have our visitors with us again. Hallelujah. Came last week, our, our chili folks. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We've had several uh, come to our church after visiting Chili's there. And, uh, and I told them last week, I said, well, we've now kind of converted it. It's, you know, half bar, half church. Hallelujah. And then, you know, half bar, half restaurant. And then, you know, part church, praise God. And we're just thankful for having them here. Wonderful to have Sister Nancy Blood and, and Sister Roman and you all with us again. Her family, hallelujah. Wonderful to see you guys from the Barracks Church, hallelujah. It's wonderful to have you guys uh, with us. We got a lot of the Barracks this weekend at Men's Conference. Uh, he did a lot of the uh, the work there. And Tyler did the music on Saturday. And what a wonderful family. You know, I've actually, I knew Tyler. I met Tyler when I was nine years old at church camp. I met Tyler, uh, Tyler Barrick. And he's been a friend. He was in the bunk next to me. And we became friends then. We've been friends ever since. So I really appreciate them and their church. And hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good here today? Amen. If you'd like to head in your Bibles to Romans chapter 6 and verse 3. Everybody say amen if you have it. Amen. Everybody's like, oh, I don't have my Bible, but I'm saying amen anyways. (laughs) My phone, yes. And you always have the screen, praise God. But that's all right. Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 6, verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up, From the dead, by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Now there's a lot. I've used these scriptures many times to preach and teach about baptism and the Holy Ghost, all of that. I believe that it is important that we talk about that for a moment. But this morning, I didn't even, I didn't mean to do this the week before Easter, How many of you excited about Easter Sunday next week? We have a missionary coming in from the Philippines Islands. He will be preaching, and uh, man, it's going to be a good time. So I will not preaching Easter, be preaching Easter. Uh, This can kind of be an Easter sermon. I didn't intend it to be so, but I want to preach to you today on resurrection power. Resurrection power. Is that all right this morning? Hallelujah. How about we go to the Lord in prayer just as God, oh, allow your spirit, God, to revive us today. Oh, let your spirit resurrect us, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, let us feel the power of your presence, the anointing of God. Allow it to be poured out in this place. Speak to us that we may know you better. In Jesus' name, Lord, give me the strength in my body to preach this morning. Give me the words to say. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Everybody shout amen. You going to preach with me this morning? Hallelujah. If so, you can be seated. If not, you can leave. No, I'm just kidding. Praise God. 
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I'm excited to get into the Word today. Uh, we know this passage of Scripture, again, such a powerful passage of Scripture. It is one that I tend to go to when I'm teaching Bible studies, especially people uh, that I know who have not been baptized or received the gift of the Holy Ghost. We know that the power that we are feeling here today is the power of God, uh, and truly it is the representation of that gospel of Christ. How many of you know that there's power in the gospel? Amen. Romans chapter 1 verse 16, it tells us, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power, everybody say power, of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Hallelujah. So he's saying there is power in the gospel for salvation. There is life-saving power in the gospel. How many of you still believe that here today? Life-saving power in the gospel. Now, I know many of you, you've heard me preach this a million times. I want you to act like you've never heard it before. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 15 and 1, he actually describes what the gospel is. I recognize the word means good news. Hallelujah. But we also know that the gospel is a little bit more in depth than that. When he says there's power of God unto salvation that comes from the gospel, he's allowing us to understand the gospel itself, the message of the gospel, is powerful enough to save. Well, what is the message of the gospel, 1 Corinthians 15, 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. Okay, Paul, you're declaring the gospel, but what is the gospel? Verse 3, for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins. Oh, I'm thankful for the cross, Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. And then He was buried. And after that, He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Paul is helping us to understand this is the Gospel. It is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's why when Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and they, he had declared to them, basically, look, you killed the Messiah. You killed Jesus. Those who were in that crowd, the Bible says they were pricked at their heart. And they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? We recognize our guilt and our sin. We are ashamed of ourselves. What can we do to be saved? How can we find that power unto salvation? Well, Peter, he delivered the gospel to him, but in a little different of a way. He said, first, repent. Every one of you, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He was declaring the death. How many of you know when I repent, I am killing off the old man? Come on, I'm killing off that old man of sin. 
It's like I'm putting him on a cross as Jesus was placed on the cross. And then he says, I am buried with him by baptism unto death. So when he said be buried or be baptized, he's saying you are going to represent the burial of Jesus Christ. Oh, how many of you know I'm sharing a tomb with Jesus Christ? That old man is sharing a tomb with Jesus Christ right now. That is why I also believe that the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost that Jesus talked about in Matthew 28, 19 is the name of Jesus. Why do I believe that? Well, the Bible doesn't say we were buried with the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It says we were buried by, with Jesus. Whose burial? Who, what's the name on that burial site? Jesus. Hallelujah, I believe when you go down, you got to go down in Jesus' name. The name of the Lord Jesus needs to be called over you because there's power in that name. And there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved but the name of Jesus. Anybody been baptized in the name of Jesus? That name that is powerful, that name that's able to save us. Hallelujah. But just hold on, because three days later, hallelujah, it didn't end with that tomb. It didn't end with the burial of Jesus Christ. But three days later, the glory of God entered inside of that tomb, and that body was raised to life again, and he came walking out of that tomb, hallelujah, resurrected into a glorified body. And the Bible also says, as the glory of the Father raised Jesus from the grave, so shall he give you and me newness of life. This is what we call being born again because I die through repentance. I'm buried by baptism and I rise again by the infilling of the Spirit of God in my life. Hallelujah. Praise God. I receive that. That's the born again process. That's John chapter 3. You must be born of the water and of the spirit to enter into the kingdom of God because that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Can I tell you, we must be resurrected in the spirit to a new life in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. And I believe that last portion, the resurrection, is so important. Obviously, all of it is important. But man, do we need to recognize the importance of that resurrection power. 1 Corinthians 15 and 12, it tells us, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? In other words, how can you believe that we will be raptured out of here? That the dead in Christ shall rise first if you cannot believe that Jesus rose from the grave. Verse 13, but if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain. And your faith is also in vain. 
Without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he's saying all of this, it's meaningless. Verse 15, yea, and we are found false witnesses of God. We are found false witnesses of God because we are testifying of a God that he raised up Christ. And if he did not raise him up, if so be that he did, that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain. Ye are yet in your sins. That's pretty intense. I know we glorify over the cross, and we absolutely should be. But this is telling me that the redemptive process does not end at the cross. And it does not end in the grave. But the redemptive process is not complete until I am resurrected from the grave and receive the Spirit of God. In, oh, praise God. Without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the grave didn't make sense. The cross didn't make sense. But I'm thankful that I'm able to say I'm serving a God that is alive and well. He rose from the grave, and he's still among us today. Oh, how about we rejoice in the Lord for a moment? See, if Christ is still in the grave, then there is no salvation because there is no power, resurrection power. With, if Christ is still in the grave, then there is no Spirit of God or Holy Ghost. John 7.39, it tells us, but this spake Jesus of the Spirit, or the Holy Ghost, which they that believe in him should receive, but not yet. The Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Without the resurrection of the body of Jesus Christ, there would be no resurrection of this old man into a new man. Oh, praise God. But let me flip that around for a moment. If we can believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, then can we not also believe that His Spirit can enter inside of us and take what once was dead and bring it alive again? Oh, praise God. Because if Christ was resurrected, then that means there is hope for new life. If Christ was resurrected, that means there's a new birth for you and I. If Christ was resurrected, that means we get a second shot. It's not game over. It's restart. If Christ was resurrected, there is glory. If Christ was resurrected, there is power. Power, and God's able to do anything. Praise God. If there is resurrection power, then that means God is not limited. And get this. Resurrection is no problem for God. We see resurrection all throughout scriptures. Elijah raised the widow's son from the dead in 1 Kings 17. Elisha, his Padawan, if you will, protege, raised the Shunammite son back to life in 2 Kings 4. Even 
post-mortem, Elisha raised the man from the grave because they took the corpse of a man and threw it in his tomb and he revived and came back to life again. Talk about resurrection power. Oh, don't you know that's what you're feeling here today? It's that resurrection power. <laughs> Jesus multiple times raised the dead. He raised up a widow's son. He was just walking down the street, and he found himself in the middle of a funeral. He said, I don't like this. So he turned the funeral around. It was no longer a funeral for the dead, but a worship service for the living. He healed the little boy in the casket, and that boy came to life again. Hallelujah. And what was a sorrowful, dead, hallelujah, dry, just, just uh, emotional time, it became a time of rejoicing and worship because God is able to turn funerals into worship services. He raised up Jarius' daughter, even though, you know, to, you see, because he, he said, she's not dead, she just sleeps. To Jesus, that's all the dead is. He wasn't trying to lie to them. He was simply saying, when my power comes in the room, then what is dead is just simply asleep, awaiting the time for me to wake it back up. Oh, can I preach to somebody? For, let me step outside my nose. Let me preach to somebody for a moment. What seemed to be dead walking in here, now that you're in the presence of God, stop looking at it like it's dead. Start saying it's just asleep. But when God comes in the picture, it's going to be raised to life and woken up. Praise God. Oh, come on now. I'm talking about those dead marriages that God is going to resurrect again. I'm talking about dead dreams that God can resurrect again. I'm talking about dead in sin that God is going to resurrect. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. If you're in this place and you're dragging a corpse, then Jesus is in this place. And so is the resurrection power. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's good. Stop looking like it's dead. Start looking at it like it's asleep. And all it takes is the call of Jesus for it to come back alive again. That burden you have for your children. Hallelujah. The hope may have died or you felt like it's dead. It is not. It is just asleep. But I believe in this place, God's going to resurrect somebody's hope for the redemption of their children. The hope of the salvation of their children. God's going to revive it again. Oh, if that's you, if you want, if you'd receive that, would you just clap your hands and tell the Lord, I receive it in Jesus' name. Yes, I want my babies in the truth. I receive it in Jesus. Let the resurrection power revive that hope again in the name of Jesus.
But pastor, you don't know how long it's been. You don't know how many days I've cried and wept and seen no results. Jesus, it's been four days by now. The body of Lazarus stinks. By now, his body is already decomposing. You should have come a few days ago. See, had you been there when it first happened, we, we would have believed then that you could raise them. But it's too late. It's too late. The body's already decomposing. It's too late. They've already served jail time. It's too late. They've already destroyed this part of their life or that part of their life. It's too late. I've already messed up. I've already done this and done that. It's to the point where my reputation stinks. And I can't build it up again. I can't resurrect it again. Hallelujah. Do you know who Jesus is? (laughs) Because we're not just talking about somebody who raises the dead. But Jesus says in 11, John 11, 23, Mary came to him with the same concerns. Jesus said, thy brother shall rise again. But Martha, rather, she said to him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last days, but it seems like it's no possibility for it happening right now. And Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. We're not talking about somebody who's able to do something. We're talking about somebody who is the resurrection and the life. We're talking about somebody who's that's his identity. Oh, praise God. That means when I say in Jesus' name, I'm calling on resurrection. I'm not talking about the one who can do it. I'm talking about the one who is it. I am the resurrection. I am the life. That's why I call the name of Jesus over my children. And I call the name of Jesus over my dead dreams. Because I'm calling on the resurrection. Come on, somebody call on the name of Jesus right now. Jesus went to him said you got to get rid of the stone remove the stone that was an act of faith I'm not suggesting today that you're not going to need an act of faith those who are there that day you sure you want me to move this stone you know he stinks right I mean, you know it's been four days, right? Like, you you understand the circumstances. Isn't that how we do it with God? We start bargaining with Him. Come on, God, it's been 15 years. Uh, you haven't talked to me about that in 15 years. Now all of a sudden you're bringing it back up. It's already dead. It stinks by now. Jesus says, all I need is just one little act of faith. Remove the stone. And then Jesus said, Lazarus, 
come forth. And though he was still wrapped uh, with the, the, the cloth that they wrapped the dead in, he probably wrapped it around his feet. He probably came hopping in, hopping out of that tomb. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter if it comes in a run, a jump, a walk, or a hop. Hallelujah. When Jesus says, come forth, when the resurrection says, come alive again, it's going to happen. And Jesus is in this place right now. Hallelujah. I'm just crazy enough to believe that Jesus, who is the resurrection, who is the life, if he's able to raise the dead in those ways, if he is able to not just raise other people from the dead, but he himself dies, and he's able to raise himself from the grave, I don't think there's anything he's unable to resurrect. If he can resurrect his own dead corpse, I don't think there's any dream off limits. I don't don't think there's any healing off limits. There's some people in this place right now, you've got organs that are dying. In Jesus' name, I loosen that healing upon you, that resurrection life, that power. Hallelujah. Why don't you right now, if you've got a disease, you've got a sickness, would you stand to your feet and lift up your hands? Right, I I feel like there is healing power going out. We praise for a man last Sunday. He had three days of pain in his back, could hardly walk. We prayed for him that last Sunday in service. By the end of the day, he texted me and said, I'm pain free. God's going to do it right now. In the name of Jesus, if you're standing by one of these, would you go ahead and put your hand on their shoulder and pray for them in Jesus' name. We loosen that power upon them. We loosen the resurrection power. We loosen that healing. In Jesus' name, cancer, this is no place for you. We command for you to be dried up in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We demand for the pancreas to begin to work again and create insulin. Oh, yes. Loosen it right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We're believing it, Lord. We're claiming it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Right now, if you believe God's touched your body, just thank him. Just thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we believe in the, that the report's going to change. Go to your doctor. Get that test one more time. And trust and believe that Jesus healed you. I believe it. I feel that resurrection power in this place. There was a time I was a youth pastor. Brother Kavan's not in here. If he was, he could probably, he probably remember this. I was a youth pastor. We had this large 15-passenger van. I picked up kids multiple times a week and brought them to church. There's times I had 20 kids in a 15-passenger van. (laughs) 
Thank God the police never found us. We were picking up kids. We were picking up families. And uh, there was one time we started to go get in the van. Everybody got in. I went to go crank it. Nothing. Just dead. I got like 15 kids here with me. It's late. All these kids need to get home. Oh, what in the world? I I knew nothing about cars then or now. I know a little bit more now, but I knew nothing about cars then. I didn't even know, you know, I didn't even, if I opened up the hood, I didn't even know what I'd be looking for. Just grab a hammer, start banging on stuff. I don't know. I just said, don't, I don't know what to do. I just got out of that car, and I just went and laid my hand on the hood. And I just said, in Jesus' name, I'm here doing your work, God. I need you to to make this engine come alive again because I need to get these kids home in Jesus' name. I saw it in my mind. It was like I could see God fixing things inside the motor and something inside me, a faith that I'd never felt before, just entered inside me. I said, I believe God's going to make this happen. I went and turned that key and it turned right on without any issues. It didn't do it again. Not for many years. I'm here to tell you how Hallelujah. There is resurrection power. Even, I know that's a silly story, but let me tell you, that's what I'm talking about today. There is power in this place. And if he can do it for a van, he can do it for you. He can do it for your life. Jerry Dean, the preacher this past weekend, we had a great time, didn't we, Brother Victor? Jerry Dean, the preacher this last weekend, he told the story of a man. Oh, man, it just stirred in my heart. Told a story of a man that he got connected to their church through prison ministry. When he got out, he started coming to the church. He went to Jerry Dean, the pastor. He said, Brother Dean, he said, I'm going to really need God's help. He said, because I've got 200 felonies on my record. Jerry Dean said, I don't believe you. <laughs> he said he came back the next day with the paperwork and showed him 200 felonies. Said he started to come to church. God started to work in his life. God started changing him around. His teeth was rotten out from all the drugs and stuff that he had done. Hallelujah. But God started to work on him. He, he didn't have a license. He got a job but didn't have a license. Jerry Dean said that he had recently done a promo video for their church just talking about how God had changed his life. But he didn't have a license. He, he couldn't get it because of all of the pending charges. He went to the judge, begged to see the judge. The judge just said, listen, there's, there's too much here for me to do anything about it. He said... Please, just, just watch a video. That man played that video. And that judge, he said, okay, here's what the deal I'll make you. Give me, what was it, 800 bucks? He only had 700. He asked for 600, right? Because he still had 100 left over. The judge asked him for 600. He said, you give me $600, I'll wipe the slate clean. Hallelujah. 
He went back to church. He's soon God doing great things, but he said, you know what? I want to get my teeth fixed. He went to the dentist. He said, listen, I don't have any money. He said, but I need to get my teeth fixed. What can you do for me? He said, well, I'm sorry. We don't do that kind of stuff here. We, we just, you know, we can't help you. You don't have insurance. You don't have this. You don't have that. He said, let me show you a video. <laughs> he showed him the video. Hallelujah. It was a day later or at some point. The dentist called him back in. He said, I don't normally do this. He said, but I watched that video and I cried. He said, we're going to go ahead and get you those new teeth. (laughs) Hallelujah. To this day, he said, that man is still in his church and still living for God. What seems dead can be made alive again. It's not too late. But pastor... It's not been just four days. By now, it's completely corrupted. There's no flesh on the bones anymore. All it is is a pile of bones and ash. I've done so much to mess up my life. Done so much to mess up my chances, my reputation, my marriage. My finances. It's just a pile of bones and ashes. And I'm almost done. You can actually stand. God was trying to reveal to Ezekiel something powerful. He wanted Ezekiel to understand the power, that resurrection power. So he showed to Ezekiel a valley of dry bones. And he asked Ezekiel this question, Ezekiel 37 and 3. Ezekiel 37 and 3. He said unto me, son of man, can these bones live again? This is the question I'd like to ask you in your family, in your marriage, in your finances, and whatever it is in your life. Can these bones live? You may be like Ezekiel. I am not willing to answer that question. <laughs> he says, Oh Lord God, thou knowest. I don't know, but you know. God said, prophesy to these bones. Say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter in you, and ye shall live, and I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. Here's what I want to tell somebody today. There's already resurrection power. If you've got the Holy Ghost living inside of you, you've already experienced resurrection. I want you to come down to this altar and I want you to prophesy to the dead bones, the dry bones that are without flesh, that are without breath.
Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. As you're coming, and we invite everybody to come down. As you're coming, I'm going to read the rest of the story. Ezekiel 37 and 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking. And the bones, they came together. Bone to his bone. And when I beheld the low, the sinews and the flesh came upon them. And the skin covered them again above. And there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man. And say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came into them. And they lived. And they stood upon their feet. An exceeding great great army oh god oh we're claiming that resurrection power today god oh would you come down to this altar and pray hallelujah declare in the name of jesus